So, uh, I think most of you know me now. I'm not going to introduce myself again. And if you don't, come and introduce yourself at the end and I'll tell you who I am. Um, but I, have, uh, I am married to John, who's sat up there somewhere, and I've got two sons, Joe and Josh. I'm going to tell a little story a little bit later about Josh. I'm not going to ask him to the front, but Josh, could you just stand up? Because this is related. You need to see Josh. <laughs> okay. That is Josh. You need to see that just to, if you don't know us, then you won't be able to get the story in place. So, anyway. So, have you ever been in a situation where you've said the wrong thing? You know what I mean. Words come out of your mouth, but they're not the right ones, or at the right time, or they're taken in completely the wrong way by the hearer. Well, that's happened to me lots of times, and I'm sure it's happened to you too. I know some of you already know this story, but a long time ago, John once said to me, if God can use a donkey, he can use you. <laughs> now that can be meant in several ways, and the hearer can hear it in several ways. And here are a few interpretations. You are as stubborn as a donkey. That's what I might have heard. Uh, you act like a donkey. You are as useless as a donkey, or as useful as a donkey, or maybe God has used donkeys in the past, how much more can he use you? John, which one did you mean? <laughs> I'm sure it was the last one, that he can use me. Anyway, thankfully Jesus hears beyond the word and sees into our hearts, as my hero of faith often opened his mouth, sometimes without thinking, and part, that was partly because his passion in his heart seemed to override his thought process. So today I want to look at Peter. And I have to confess that once I'd started, I wonder why I chose this complex person. Because he's there so many times in the Bible and you already know him already. But let's try. When we first met Peter in the Bible, he's known by the name of Simon. And it's Simon's brother Andrew who introduces Simon to Jesus. Andrew seeks Simon out and says, we have found the Messiah, and he takes Simon to see Jesus. At that first meeting, which is recorded in the book of John in chapter 1, Jesus gives Simon a new name. You are Simon, son of John, you will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Although this was the first meeting of Simon with Jesus, and he was given a new name, it was not the point at which true Peter truly followed Jesus. Although I'm sure he was thinking a lot about Jesus after that. Peter ran his own fishing business with his brother Andrew. And they together worked with James and John who owned a fishing boat. And Peter was married, um, although we know nothing about his wife or his children. But we know we, he had a mother-in-law. Uh, and this is from another event in the book of Luke where Peter's mother-in-law is healed. So generally if you have a mother-in-law then you tend to be married. And all mother-in-laws are fantastic. Mine is. So we also know Peter has, was not an educated man. He had not gone through the local higher education system. And these are not my words. We know that because in Acts chapter 4, he is described by Luke as an unschooled ordinary man. That doesn't mean he was not skilled in his profession. He ran a business, he learnt his trade on the job, and it fed his family, and it was a way of earning money. Like most of us, he was just an ordinary person doing his best in the life that he lived. So what made Simon, later to be known as Peter, a hero of faith? And we're going to read Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. 
I don't know if anyone wants to find it. Jesus called his first disciples. One day, as Jesus was standing by the Lake of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left by the, there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've been working hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Then they, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. When Jesus said to, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. I'll just go have a drink now. Peter, Andrew, James and John had been fishing all night and they had caught absolutely nothing. As Jesus approached, they were washing their nets. They were probably feeling a little disappointed with nothing to show for a night's work and were all ready for some sleep. Then Jesus jumps into Peter's boat and asks him to push a little away from shore so that he can speak to the large crowd. I don't know about you, but I would probably have said, Lord, I need to go home and get some sleep. Can you choose another boat to sit in? But Peter does not moan at this request because Peter and Jesus already have some history together. There's no hesitation on Peter's part. So Jesus sat in Peter's boat and taught for a while. And when Jesus had finished, he asked Peter to go into deep water and put down the nets for a catch. Now, imagine one of your really bad days at work. I'm sure you've all had them. Everything has gone wrong. It's been an unproductive day. You've had your fair share of stress and you are very tired. You are ready for home. Just as you, and then just as you are leaving your office, your workshop, your warehouse, Wherever you work, or if you're at home with the kids and you're just about to sit down for a tea or a coffee, whatever your situation, how would you react if Jesus said to you, just do one more hour? I would certainly struggle a bit. I think the grumpy would come out with me, and the family probably know that too. I would probably go, oh, oh. But Peter doesn't do that. So when Jesus asked Peter in, to go into deep water and let down the nets for a catch, we can have some empathy and some understanding why Peter says, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Peter was tired, he was ready for bed, and he knew from years of experience that this time of day was not ideal for catching fish. I don't know if you've ever done this, but when you don't want to do something, then you can suddenly find many reasons why it will go wrong. The same with Peter. He was quick to point out the negative in the situation. Something I find myself doing when situations don't go according to plan. But thankfully, Peter doesn't leave it at the negative. He's not saying, no, I don't want to do that. 
He was just grappling at that point with his own feelings. But notice something else. Peter starts the sentence with the word master. Peter already had some understanding of who Jesus was. So even though Peter questions Jesus' instruction, he is respectful and recognises Jesus' authority. I wonder what we think of Jesus. Do we think of him as our master? Someone who we can trust? Someone who we will stop everything for? Someone who we will go out of our way to serve? Because Peter was serving when he allowed Jesus to sit in his boat. Peter was serving with his business. His boat became a pulpit and a way to reach others. Instead of fastening up his boat and going home, he allowed Jesus to sit in the boat and preach from it. Peter had a choice. Jesus did not push his way into Peter's life and he did not push his way into Jesus' boat. Jesus, Jesus did not force Peter to sail out into deep water. Peter could have said no. He could have said, Master, I am far more experienced at fishing than you are. To go out into deep water now would be a waste of time. Thank you, but no thank you. We may not be able to serve as Peter served, and it's certainly a challenge at times if we're tired, weary, feeling weak, or mentally drained. It can be incredibly difficult to listen to what Jesus is saying, and to then accept Jesus as master, and accept his authority, and do what he asks. Life is not easy. I think most people struggle from time to time, but I guess this is where Peter starts to display those qualities of heroic faith. Because although he questions Jesus' instruction, he then says, but, but because you say so. Peter is obedient. He may think he knows better, but he still listens to Jesus and is obedient. We all have a choice. We don't, do not have to do what Jesus tells us to do. And at times we all question God's plan. Um, but heroic faith is when we continue to do the will of God even when we don't understand why. When we cannot see the reason behind God's direction, when we can't see the ending, when we think we know better, but we still do God's will. Thankfully, Peter makes the right choice. He is obedient and lets down the nets. And that obedience allows Jesus to speak to Peter in a miraculous and powerful way. Peter catches such a large number of fish that the nets begin to break he then calls James and John, and both boats are so full that they begin to sink. Peter knew this was a miracle. He recognised Jesus' hand on this. He understood the enormity of what had taken place. It was not a fluke, not a coincidence, not a chance thing. In that moment, Peter, for Peter, as he pulled the catch, here in his own boat, with his own nets, about his own sort of work, the realisation of who Jesus was came home to him. I once went fishing for a pair of trousers. Yes, you heard me right, I went fishing for a pair of trousers, and this is why you need to have seen Josh. Two years ago, Josh needed a suit. He already had a fairly new one, probably only six months old, but he was growing into a baby giraffe, and the trousers were already too short. If I could just get a new pair of trousers to match the jacket that still fitted, it would save at least £30. I went to Primark to look for the trousers, and to my dis disappointment, there were no trousers there at all. I asked the sales assistant, uh, and uh, was told that they had all gone. Everything had gone. I went away and mulled it over, and I started to fret a bit, which is what I'm like. 
I didn't want to buy a new suit, partly because it would be a little bit too much for our budget, and partly because how often would Josh wear those trousers? And was he going to get even taller? So about 10 days later, I was walking into town along Rose Hill in front of the town hall, and this thought came into my head. Pop into Primark and look one more time for those trousers. So I did. I walked straight to the back of the store where all the men's clothes had been and where the suits had once been. The back wall was full of shirts, but in the bottom left-hand corner, tucked away on the lowest crack in front of the shirts, was one pair of trousers. And they looked the right colour. In disbelief, I examined them. Uh, they were the right size, the right length, and the right colour. I looked around, I, literally I looked around, I looked around the whole shop, there were no trousers anywhere else. And I was, I was amazed that God could care enough about my situation to provide me with one pair of trousers. It had such an impact on me. Who could have put the trousers there except God himself? It was a miracle and it spoke to me, and I'm so glad that I listened to the thought that came into my head. I believe it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I still have the label I cut out of the trousers to remind me how good God is so good. So Peter listened to Jesus, and he obeyed Jesus' instruction, and he received probably the greatest catch of fish of his career. To a non-fishing person, this miracle may not have had the same impact. The same could be said of my trousers. You may think, good story, but is that really a miracle? Well, miracles are not always lightning bolt experiences or chariots across the sky, you know what I mean, although that would be amazing. We can all see God in the everyday and the ordinary, whether that be a catch of fish or a pair of trousers. But we do need to be listening to God and obeying his instruction. If we're not listening to Jesus, and obeying him, then we can miss out on some very special and individual miracles in our own lives. I know we don't have Jesus right in front of us. He is not physically in the boat with us. So how do we hear him so, what can we, so that we can obey him? Well, we have the Bible, but we need to read it. We have prayer, but we need to pray. We have the Holy Spirit, but we need to welcome him into our lives. We also have other Christians, we have our church that we belong to, our connect group, the prayer group, and so much more. But it all starts by having quality time with Jesus. Not once a week or once a fortnight, but all the time, every day. If we're not listening, then we can't obey. And, when, and then we wonder why we don't see the miraculous. So Peter hauls in this massive catch of fish and feels completely unworthy. Jesus' power and holiness is so apparent to, to Peter that he feels too uncomfortable in Jesus' presence and he wants Jesus to go away. If Jesus had gone away from Peter, or if Peter had run away from Jesus, would that have helped? No, he would still be a sinful man. You see, we can try and hide from God, we can hide from ourselves, and try and cover ourselves with many nice things, but it doesn't change the situation. It's a bit like a small child playing hide-and-seek. They cover their eyes, but not always their whole body. You may see feet peeking from underneath a curtain. Because they cannot see you, they think you cannot see them. So it is with us. Whether we are in God's presence or we are trying desperately to hide from God, our sinful nature remains, and it's very apparent to God, if not to ourselves. But don't give up and don't switch off. 
there is some hope. I'm getting to it. Although Peter asked Jesus to go away from him, Peter's reaction to the situation is totally opposite. The realisation of his sinfulness actually drives him onto his knees and at the feet of Jesus. Peter realised that in his own strength he was not worthy to be in the presence of God. And it was essential for Peter to recognise his situation. He had to come face to face with his sin and understand the holiness of Jesus before his heroic faith could be developed. He needed to be humble before he could be heroic. Jesus sees into Peter's heart and says, don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. In other words, now you understand your sinfulness, I can actually use you in, a, in my ministry. Wow, I told you there was hope, hope for all of us. When, Peter, when Jesus entered Peter's life, this ordinary fisherman became a new person with a new name. He had new goals and new priorities. And what does Peter do with this miraculous catch of fish? He walks away from it. He does not need it. He leaves his boat, his net, and the fish that would have brought him so much income, and he leaves it all to follow Jesus. He did not become a perfect person from that moment on. He continued to make mistakes, some of them fairly big ones. And on more than one occasion, Jesus had to have a quiet word with Peter. So why did Jesus choose Peter? Well, Jesus wants real people who are willing to be changed by his love. And he wants those people to go out and share that love with others. Peter is a prime example of that. Jesus wants us to communicate that his acceptance is available to anyone, even to those who often fail, like me, like you, like Peter. When I was preparing this passage, I came upon a quote. It is better to be a follower who fails than one who fails to follow. Peter failed quite a few times. Some of those failures were very public, but he never went off in a huff. And did he give up on Jesus? No. Did he say this religious life is not for me? No. Peter was humble. Many times he had to admit his failings. He had to change his attitude or his actions, and he did so. He was a follower who at times failed. When we think about being heroic, being... Um, Sorry, when we think about being a hero and being heroic, we often think about strength, the strength of a person. The strength of a person to do the right thing, whether that be a champion for the oppressed, a defender of the weak, and these are all good things. But, it, but if we as individuals are in the wrong in a situation, it takes even greater, greater strength to say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, and this is what Peter did. The Peter who knew Jesus before the massive catch of fish was respectful towards Jesus and knew who Jesus was. But the Peter who knew Jesus after the catch of fish was a changed man. He understood who Jesus was. He understood his own sin and it changed him forever. He left everything and followed Jesus. We may not need to leave everything to follow Jesus as Peter did, but we must be willing to leave everything if that is what Jesus wants from us. Well, there were, may, however, be an area of our life that does, not, that does stand in the way of our faith. These are the things we need to walk away from, to leave behind. Ask yourself this. What is preventing me or you from truly following Jesus? Is there something we need to lay aside? We need to search our own hearts. And how do we do this? As I said before, read the Bible and pray. Talk to Jesus 
Find out what God's will is for you and obey his direction. We need to lay aside all that is not a positive influence in our lives. Do we want, really want to see the miraculous? Then we have got to put Jesus first. I'm speaking to myself too. I fail quite often. In John 10 verse 10 it says, The thief comes only to steal and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Full not as the world sees it, not full of belongings, of things on the internet, of gaming, of handbags, of shoes, of cars. These things won't keep you full of life. Life in all its fullness is a life filled with God's love, joy and peace. Peter would have benefited greatly from the money that the catch of fish would have given him, but instead he walked away from it. Jesus put wealth in front of Peter, but the catch of fish was left for greater treasure. Peter walked away from the things that would from everything that would have made him who he was, his business, his occupation, his position in society. Peter was the opposite of the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler is someone we meet in the New Testament too. He spoke with Jesus and he thought he was good. He did not see himself as sinful and he had a choice too. His problem was money. He valued it too much. He walked away from Jesus to keep his earthly treasure and he felt only sadness as he walked away. The rich young ruler made the wrong choice. He failed to follow. Heroic faith is not easy, but it's better to be a follower that fails than one who fails to follow. And I guess we all have to decide which do we choose. Peter made mistakes, but when Jesus reprimanded him, he was humble and willing to repent. It's recorded in the New Testament how Peter wept bitterly when he denied he knew Jesus. And even as an older person, Peter still didn't get it right with everything. The Apostle Paul had to point out to Peter that he was not treating some Christians in a fair and equal way. And he accepted Paul's correction and was willing to change. So what is the positive in all this? We don't want to go home crushed, but challenged and encouraged. So Jesus offers his life to the full and we can be loved, forgiven and made whole and feel complete. Peter became such a man of God, the Holy Spirit came upon him and God used him even though he was unschooled. He preached to individuals, he preached to thousands, he spoke to rulers, healing was commonplace. How did Peter get the heroic faith that made him a mighty servant of Jesus? By being respectful, humble and obedient to the Lord. And Jesus never gave up on Peter either, he forgave him many times. God needs people who are willing to follow, even if they fail. When Peter realised the power and the majesty of Jesus and his own sinfulness, he fell on his knees. He humbled, us, humbled himself before Jesus. And we too need to come humbly before God, and we need to obey. I wonder if this week we could find a quiet place. If the house is busy, then go into the one room where you cannot be disturbed. Go into the bathroom and lock the door and kneel and pray for a few minutes. Find a psalm to read, worship God in submission. Kneeling is such a powerful way of saying to God, you are in control, you are Lord, you are God and I worship you. If we were in an Anglican church where kneeling is very much a part of the service, then it wouldn't feel as alien to us as perhaps it does sometimes when we're here. So I'm going to close by reading out a worship song. 
and we'll use it as a prayer. And if you would like to kneel during this prayer or when we sing in a moment, please feel free to do so. I know kneeling is not an option for everyone, especially in these seats, but I will leave it to you. Kneel, sit or stand. If you, and then if you have never worshipped Jesus before and today you want to choose Jesus, you want to humble yourself before him and obey all that Jesus is saying to you, then please use this time and ask Jesus into your life and then come and speak to one of the leadership team at the end of the service. So I'm going to finish now and perhaps we can pray. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise in the city of our God, the holy place, the joy of the whole earth. Great is the Lord in whom we have the victory. He aids us against the enemy. We bow down on our knees. And Lord, we want to lift your name on high. And Lord, we want to thank you for the works you've done in our lives. And Lord, we trust in your unfailing love. For you alone are God eternal throughout earth and heaven above. Amen.